And now for our feature presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Botching It Up podcast. Every bruise, bump, and botch. Wrestling, you've been put on notice. Oh, let's get ready to ramble! What's up? This is the Botch Up Podcast number 31, and we're talking about the Royal Rumble 2021. As always, you have me, Benito, and my good friend, Basil. I spit in the face of people who do not want to be cool. And let's get ready to rumble! If I have to hear that theme tune any ever again, seriously, you don't watch the weekly, so you you just heard it. You just heard it that night. You just heard the pay per view. They've been playing that for three hours on on Mondays and two hours on Fridays for a month. They, all, they always do every time. Every time there's a theme song. Calm down. Uh, yeah, so we're talk, we're going to talk about all the good and the bad bits. Um, this show has completely split. Uh, the wrestling community. Some wrestling fans absolutely loved the show. Some hated it. I reckon you and me are going to be divided on a few bits as well. Uh, yeah, so we'll see where we land. So let's start on the pre-show because for once I actually watched it. I can't believe that you watched the pre-show. I, I, as usual, I texted you giving you all of the main takeaways from the kickoff, expecting you to say, okay, won't watch. And there you were. You'd already seen it. <laughs> I, was, I had already been on it. i tell you why I watched it. Because there was only, what, like five matches announced for the show. So I thought they were all going to be on the main card. So I was a bit intrigued about what would actually be on the pre-show. And I was disappointed. So for once, when I say that Lacey Evans beats up a hunger monster in order to advertise corn dogs, you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's quite a nice feeling. Okay, like always, there's only one match on the pre-show, yeah? So we got uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler taking on the team of Asuka and Charlotte for the Women's Tag Team Championships. I was wondering why this match was on the Rumble in the first place, so I was quite relieved to see it on the pre-show, where it probably definitely should be. Oh, yeah, if this had been on the pay-per-view, that would really have uh, brought down the uh, critical rating of the entire show. Because this was a dud. It really was. You mentioned earlier that this has completely divided the internet. And for once, I usually just read the spoilers and then watch the show. Because I can't be bothered to keep away from social... Say what what you want about my addictive personality. But I can't usually be bothered to keep off Instagram and Twitter the whole day in order to watch a kayfabe wrestling show. But I did. I did today. And uh, I went online afterwards to just have a look at, at, at various critics and various fans and reactions and things. Jesus Christ, there is so much vitriol on the internet, man. It's the unbelievable. The internet has exploded with this show. Like, I, I enjoyed certain parts. I really didn't like certain parts. But overall, I I was entertained. I go on this show and people are saying it's the worst thing that the, they've ever seen. And I d- Oh, I enjoyed the show. Probably one of the best WWE shows I've seen in a long while. But uh, yeah, there was definitely a few mistakes along the way. Yeah. I don't really know why Nia Jax continues to get TV time over other people. I That's one my, my main takeaway from, from this show. Uh, I also don't understand the way that WWE books certain things because it, it feels like they there's so much synergy and routine now that I think they look at things as different segments 
and you can have the same wrestler in two different appearances and they see their booking in one appearance is completely different to the other because it exists away from each other. The point I'm making here is that Shayna Baszler in this match looked like an absolute idiot. She looked like a fool, like a jobber. Um, then, and then we she was cut a monster in the in the rumble. Yeah, it makes no sense. And why Baszler and Jax have been teaming for roughly six months and there's no reason behind it, I have no idea. Why every time Baszler and Jax get a win, Jax has to get it? I don't know. This this uh, match annoyed uh, me. And what's with Oscar? She got like com- uh, ass handed to her. Uh, Charlotte basically takes none of the offense. Uh, she's always the one coming in and, and rescuing Oscar because she's Charlotte, I guess. She's the John Cena of current day. Um, uh, but Oscar's the champion. And then um, Oscar's just nowhere to be seen uh, in the, the, the finish of the match. When you're watching the weeklies and it leads up to this show, you, you really see how dysfunctional WWE's uh, storytelling is. Oscar and... Uh, Alexa Bliss have been the focal points of WWE Raw's main event segment for a month to a month and a half. Asuka has continually been been beaten up by Alexa Bliss because Alexa Bliss is terrifying with her three faces of Foley gimmick. What we saw on this show is Asuka being treated like a lower mid-carder and not getting any of her heat back, and Alexa Bliss... I mean, I have no problem with what happened to Alexa Bliss in the Women's Royal Rumble, but why would you force-feed me main event segments with her for a month and a half for nothing? Yeah, it's absolutely crazy, Matt. They've got all the wrong people in the wrong places. I don't get it. Anyway, show opens, can you believe it, with Goldberg. Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Was a, li- uh, a little bit confused at the start. I thought this would be would slot in between the rumbles, but I'm glad that they actually open with this. And I got to say, I wasn't I wasn't too upset about the outcome. The outcome was fine. What did you actually think of the actual match? I can see what they were trying to do. First of all, I'm, I'm pretty sick of five minute finisher matches. Yeah, where you're mashing the buttons on SmackDown yeah. versus Raw 2006. I, I have the exact same note. This just feels like a video game where you smash your finishers to defeat the boss. Yeah, and I, I can I see like, that this isn't wrestling. You know, this is this is boring. I think basically what happened is that Brock versus Goldberg. This stuff happened, and it was a fun trilogy. Everybody enjoyed two big horses, Godzilla versus King Kong, doing finishers at each other for five minutes and then going home. We all enjoyed that stuff. They now think that that's a viable way to book these guys, which is why these guys can remain on the card. We had the same thing uh, with Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre last year, which which just shows that it's not just the fact that Goldberg can't go anymore. They actually think that this is a nice piece of booking for main event guys. It, it almost feels like in WWE's psychology, once you get to a level of a Brock Lesnar or a Goldberg, you no longer do moves because you're so powerful. You just you're just <laughs> like completely doing finishes for the whole time. Yeah, so well, we... it, but it's come from a place of trying to protect them because neither of them can go that long. Brock can have a ten, twelve. When he's match. slimmer, I think. When he's all jacked up, I think he struggles to be able to go. 
I think this is a really toxic new opinion that WWE has got that they can get away with this permanently and it's fine and this is how they can market the, the wrestlers. I didn't have a problem with the match itself for what it was. Uh, obviously, there's not really any good outcomes of this. I wouldn't have booked it in the first place. Yeah, I don't think anyone would have booked Goldberg on this show. Definitely against Drew. Hopefully Drew goes on to something much more fresh and much more fitting of his abilities for Mania. Yeah. Also, the, the, the booking itself just felt a little odd. Like we were desperately trying to come up with a way in which Drew looked damaged and then came back or, or, or whatever. Drew oversold the spear. Goldberg undersold Drew's spear. And that seemed to be the case for the rest of the match. Drew was overselling everything Goldberg did. Goldberg didn't sell the Claymore kick. He didn't really sell anything at all. No, I agree with you. I wanted to talk about the jackhammer quickly. It was a, it was a pretty rough-looking jackhammer. So I watched this twice because I... Not out of obsession for Goldberg, but I accidentally stumbled across it last night. I was just going to uh, bed, and I just checked what was going on i thought i'd be in the opening moments of the women's rumble so i was a bit surprised when goldberg and drew turned up and i watched it last night and i felt really worried for goldberg coming out of this match just to say to start with when he's he looked out of breath he had old man eyes when he got up it, it and you know ben it hurts me to say this at right at the end of the match where drew is celebrating and goldberg is on on his knees Goldberg at the entranceway. Proper wheezing. He, he was looks on, like he's really struggling. He was on his knees in the entranceway and, and Drew looked shoot worried. I was worried. It looked like the guy was legitimately about to have a heart attack. Drew looked worried. He wasn't proper celebrating. Yeah. And I, I read later that Goldberg has a two match per year, two year contract. I don't want to see this guy in the ring anymore. For two more years? For this year and next year, I think. Right. But this goes back to the jackhammer spot. A lot of people said it was a botch. I watched it twice. Um, he got the jackhammer up, delivered it pretty well, considering what we've seen over the last couple of years. It looked like Drew purposely pulled his weight down to get him down to the mat because Drew didn't think that Goldberg could hold his weight. So Drew was trying to protect himself. I think he was trying to protect Goldberg's mystique. I think he was pulling himself down because he could feel Goldberg's arms going. Right. So it came off as clunky because Drew was trying to slam himself down rather than falling off Goldberg. When your opponent is doing that for you, it's time to hang it up. I mean, he should have hung it up after the Undertaker match. Well, nobody really wants to go out on a loss, right? Sure. And then he got he got the Dolph Ziggler win and he thought he looked great, but he looked great because it was about a 30-second match. Again, I'm t- I'm s- I've said to you, this hurts me to say, but Goldberg needs to go. Who can really give Goldberg the send-off he wants? I, d- I have no idea at this point. Maybe AJ or Daniel Bryan, but they can't have the type of matches that Goldberg can have. So, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I'm so glad he didn't win. Can you imagine if Goldberg won and this was going to be like a rematch at Mania? I believed at one point that maybe they would go with Goldberg coming out against the at, at the Rumble. When I saw him wheezing, I realized that was not happening. The guy was sweating profusely in a five-minute match. Oh, he always does that, though. What was interesting was that he went for the spear to the uh, turnbuckle and missed it. 
instead of doing what he did in the Undertaker match, which knocked him unconscious for three minutes, he slowly got up and hit his head against the top turnbuckle. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, I love Bill Goldberg. I will always love Bill Goldberg. Um, I think he's one of the greatest wrestlers just for, you know, just for pizzazz to have ever walked the ropes. Um, I think this is it now. Well, apparently not. He's got at least four more matches. Don't, don't, don't. Anyway, come on, let's move on. Uh, To the women's match, Carmella, with her wine expert, takes on Sasha Banks. Yeah. What did you think? I um I've seen a little bit of this Reginald guy because I've watched a few Smackdowns, and uh, I I don't understand wh- why or where it's come from. Anyway, uh, this match I gave like a solid one star. Um, the only thing whoa, <laughs> oh, Jesus, brutal, brutal. I mean, if if I don't read back my notes, the only thing I can remember is a suicide dive where Carmella falls straight on her face. That wasn't great. That was yeah. nasty looking. I actually felt bad for it. it looked that nasty but they carried on and uh, Sasha got the win what I mean I I thought it exceeded expectations at least sure I suppose um, you can give it that so this gimmick I'm pretty sure was originally given uh, Carmela's gimmick was originally given to Emma if you remember Emma yeah. the Australian uh-huh. uh, who tried it for a couple of weeks and then felt uncomfortable about it so Vince fired her uh I think this gimmick's brought out a lot of much-needed confidence for for Carmella. And I thought that the two of them... I I mean, I'm not interested in this feud. And Carmella is obviously, like, monster of the month to keep Sasha strong before they get some sort of mania opponent. But um, I thought Carmella did well here. I thought she worked well with uh, Banks. I thought she had... She was a little spotty in places, but she had some nice move sets. I, I thought I liked her finisher, which is basically legs around the head on a handstand. I guess. I <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was okay. I, I I mean, it didn't blow me away, but I probably wouldn't give it a star. Uh, yeah, I've always been a big fan of Carmella as well. So it's not that I'm like putting either one of them down. It was just a. Uh, I don't know. I think Banks continues to work well with whatever she's given. Sure, sure. And Carmella tried her best. I just, <laughs> I just didn't vibe with the match. You know, I was just, you know, this is the Royal Rumble, and and so far we got three matches that uh, that uh, heavily bummed me out. So I got to admit, um, Carmella versus Sasha Banks to me was a one and done at TLC. I don't really understand why they've apart from just not having anybody for Banks to face, I don't understand why this went another month really. Probably for just that reason. Yeah. Uh so then we're backstage. This is a little fun uh skit. Uh the new day are backstage and they're back together. All the boys are in town and uh Sami Zayn is going off at Big E and uh they're all repping Brody Lee on their ring gear. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, on uh, I... uh, Kofi, Xavier, and Biggie, they've all got uh, Brody. Brody, uh, well, they've got Luke Harper on their ring gear. I know that Biggie is very, very broken up about Brody Lee's death. Most people have on Twitter just quietened down about it. Uh, pretty much everything Biggie tweets is about a memory that he has with Brody or um, something to that effect. I think they were best friends. Uh, weirdly, Biggie and Brody Lee were. The best of friends. Fair it was enough. nice to see Kofi Kingston back, um, even though he's not medically cleared. Really shows certain guys have just 
it, really. Um, he's been gone for about three weeks, I think. And I liked seeing him on my television screen already. Yeah. Yeah, I, li- but I, I like seeing the three as a unit again. We've been saying for ages that they should split up, but then when they're off away, we we want them back already. It is a bit awkward when Big E's talking to Xavier Woods and he's like, well, I mean, you've been jobbing to Retribution three weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I feel a bit bad for Xavier Woods' uh, self-esteem at the moment because it's quite clear when... Kofi or Big E's not around, you, you can see what Vince McMahon thinks of Yeah, him. well, I think we all knew when the group's going to split up, uh, Big E's got bigger things ahead of him than Xavier does. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I think Xavier's counting his, counting his graces. Yeah. I saw yeah. Tucker on Raw this week. I, th- I, was, I was planning on telling you. Do you remember Tucker? Yeah. Yeah, he tried to roll up R-Truth on Raw for the 24-7 championship. Okay. And then and then got squashed by R Truth and then looked like he was about to cry. Well, he probably was inside. Man, poor guy. Poor guy. Oh well. Bad bunny. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. So then we <laughs> then we're back in the arena. I I do I don't get it. I think I'm getting old. I just don't get it. What do you mean? Well, I just I don't. I just, right. So okay. Well, I'll explain. So <laughs> we go back to the arena. We got a DJ. We got Bad Bunny. I've never heard of him, but apparently he's won some Grammys. He's rapping a song in Spanish about Booker T, all while Booker T is just stood there looking like a G.I. Joe. No, he stood no no no. He stood there in his G.I. bro gimmick. Yeah, but I but, I grew up watching him in his G.I. bro gimmick. It's amazing to me that twenty one years later he's still got the same gear that he's like put in the wash and, and, and picked up. That's uh that's the gimmick he uses at his uh his own indie show that he has in texas i fucking love the fact that booker t has gone back to gi bro but but which was created by vince russo (laughs) he's just he just stood there arms crossed while this guy walks around in circles rapping in spanish uh see i think that you you probably got weirded out by this because you haven't seen the music video right because in the music video, he's wearing the same gear and he just stands there and Bad Bunny walks around him. I can so actually again, see the... why this would be really uncomfortable for <laughs> you. <laughs> I just didn't get it at all. Oh, fair enough. And then, he, and uh, then he passes the mic over and then Booker T just says, suck it. And I just uh, I just didn't get it. The, the, well, there's no feasible reason why Bad Bunny chose Booker T. I guess Bad Bunny just grew up watching Booker T and he wanted to write a song about him. When they said the biggest Latin artist in the world, I rolled my eyes because it's just typical WWE stuff. You know, like they can get somebody off the street and say, well, he's won about three awards for country music. But I looked Bad Bunny up and he's currently the most listened to artist in the whole world. Well, ninth place most listened to artist in the whole world on Spotify. That's what I'm saying. I think so I've this just, is a pretty big deal. I think I'm just old now because I just I just don't get music anymore. Well, I I don't know about that, man. Like, um, I would say objectively that was a pretty piss poor performance from Bad Bunny. It, pretty, it, yes, it was. But <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but ninth ninth <laughs> listen in the world. That's that's he is a big deal. Yeah, he, yeah, ninth ninth most listened. I'm pretty sure he's above Kanye. People like that. Bad. Oh, WWE made a Bad Bunny t-shirt to oh, yeah. commemorate the event of him turning up at royal rumble 2021 yeah and they tried to shell that shit on the pay-per-view as well 
Oh, did they? Here we go. Finally, we're at a Royal Rumble. And um, this Rumble was so close to being my favorite women's Royal Rumble. Maybe up there, one of the best Royal Rumbles. Ooh. So close. There was there was a few things in it that really let it down. Really? You don't think? I don't know. Apart, apart there's there's a few there's a few spots in it that let it down, but apart from that, it was a really fun rumble. I I actually had problems with this rumble. This is really interesting. Right, did you did you prefer the women's or the men's? I preferred the men's this year. No. I preferred the women's last year. I thought the women's this year was very very patchy. Uh, I thought that nobody got eliminated for. <sighs> like 20 minutes the 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 rumble was completely full up um i didn't think that they had their spots in the right places i didn't think that they paid enough attention to people i thought that people like bianca belair charlotte lacey evans got lost in the shuffle quite a bit and uh for for some for bianca but that's spoiler for bianca belair winning um i thought she actually was just in the background for quite a lot of the match and she was almost done a disservice there were very few moments for me in which she shone and they missed the most integral moment in the entirety of the royal rumble that same argument but <laughs> that same <laughs> argument but far worse for the men's rumble Ed, well we get that edge does the, something we, for the first five minutes then we don't see him until the very end again we i well that's how i felt more with bianca belair bianca she, belair I has just, spots just, all the way through this rumble she just seemed to disappear to me. And it felt like everybody disappeared because it became a mess of people because there weren't enough elimination. I think the eliminations was the main problem for me. There was just not enough eliminations. But I would argue in the Women's Royal Rumble, it felt like everybody involved was a lot more important than the Men's Rumble. Uh, only because I agree. Everyone, everyone here felt like if they weren't already a star, they're going to be. Because they all, they all got their spots... I know, like, when someone comes into the Rumble, they have, like, a 30-second bit where they lay out everyone, and then they might get lost in the shuffle. But there was a real problem with the men's Rumble that it just felt like it was a succession of mid-carders thrown out there just to, like, almost as, you know, the quarterly reports. It's like, oh, here's all the guys that we've got, (laughs) you know? This is interesting. I've got mixed feelings over mixed Rumbles because I agree with you to an extent, and I disagree with you to an extent. Watching the two Rumbles on the same show, it felt like the women's Royal Rumble had so much more of a stacked roster yeah. than the men's. I thought that the men's Royal Rumble really showed how weak the current men's roster is. And for Christ's sake, man, if you had told me that Christian was going to be in the in the final four this morning, I don't think I would have believed you. Yeah, yeah. Um, that being said... I thought that given, regardless of the talent that they had, the men's Royal Rumble was booked a lot better than the women's in the sense that the men's Royal Rumble had started feuds and continued them, had special moments of spots in which two guys went against each other, whereas the women's had a lot of promise, but it felt more like it got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, so let's quickly, we'll very quickly run through it, otherwise we'll be here for hours. So uh, we open up with Bailey and the returning Naomi. Oh, really nice to see Naomi. I, I loved the first three uh, of Bailey, Naomi and Bianca Belair. I thought everybody would be kind of into that. Yeah, that was a fun first three. Uh, 
just a side note through commentary. If Bailey wins the Royal Rumble, she's going to challenge Michael Cole. Oh no, she uh, she had, she had um, Cole uh, in her hair, shaved into her into the back of her head. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love when Bailey does that for no reason and nobody notices it. <laughs> it's so cool, though. I know, like, legitimately, that wasn't sarcasm. I really enjoy when she does that. Number four, we have Billy Kay come down. And uh, she's coming out of her CVs and she wants to partner up with people and refuses to get into the ring until someone partners with her. And this spot I actually really liked because WWE, are just they overkill things. I, I certainly saw this going all the way until the end of the Rumble, but they did it for th- like three or four entrances, timed it really nicely. Then she got in there and it was a good, uh, it was a good payoff, a nice little early moment, I think. I thought Billy Kay was quite good in this. I am... Um... I didn't like the amount of focus they put on Billy Kay and Gillian Hall teaming up because I actually felt like Billy Kay and Gillian Hall as a comedy tag team got more time than Bianca Belair to showcase themselves. But on the whole, I did enjoy Billy Kay's input. I also noticed that Tom Phillips isn't up with his product. Um, Wait, what did he, he say? He said that Billy Kay seems to have an on-off relationship with the Riot Squad. I actually watched SmackDown, and that shit finished two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> He's as up with it as I am. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, while Billy Kay's doing a comedy thing, we get Shotzi Blackheart come out in a tank and actually shoots her tank cool. at Billy Kay. We get I enjoyed that. Shayna Baszler come down, and she fucks up everyone, lays out everyone. <laughs> Apart from when she tried to hit an 8 by 10 and failed. She got Billy Kay's promo photo and tried to hit it, and it looked oh, like right. it looked so bad, man. Uh, so Tony Storm comes out, a uh, NXT and NXT UK regular. She's going to have... Uh, are going with Rhea Ripley later on in the match, which is pretty fun. And then uh, Gillian Hall comes out singing, teams up with Billy Kay. Uh, they go in the ring and they start on Naomi. Number. Do you think that people actually remember Gillian Hall? Uh, n- Legitimate question. I I don't think so. I didn't rec. I know the name, but I didn't recognize her. I just remember that she had a giant mole on her face, and the boogeyman ate it. Wasn't she? Wasn't her brother? This might be wrong. Wasn't her brother a pirate? And they were no. That's Katie Lee Birchall. That's it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't. I really hate the fact that I know that man. <laughs> okay, so uh, number nine, Ruby Riot comes out, and uh, Ruby Riot and um, Billy Kay are a bit uneasy. That's going to be played to a bit, and then we get Victoria come out. Now that's a real legend. This, this was fun. I kind of yeah, I kind of popped for that. This was fun. She gets all of her spots in and actually stays into the rumble. Well, like you said, there's not a lot of eliminations, so she stays into it for quite a while. I like the fact that she was still wearing a TNA gimmick as well. I can't remember her name in TNA, but she had a little like tarantula, uh, didn't she, in a cage? I think. Yeah, I thought Victoria was used really well in this match. This is how I think old school legends should be used. She was. She didn't look weak, so she made it clear that she was a returning legend that was beating people up and actually could potentially win the thing. But when it came to it, she had a woman, i.e. Shayna Baszler, that she picked. Uh, Shayna Baszler choked her out and just threw her out on the floor. And that, to me, and I think they, they tried to do it and managed it a little bit later with Kane, but that's how you get somebody over in my opinion. Who do you think got a better showing, Victoria or Mickey James? Oh, definitely Victoria. I th- I think Victoria really showcased herself and helped others along the way in this yeah, match. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, do you reckon we're going to have a rise of the uh, the MVP story? 
people come back yeah. for a rumble and then they stick around for a bit. Yeah, this seemed, this was actually really interesting because I feel like I really hope so as well that Carlito comes back. Victoria is a credit to any locker room. She's somebody that I think AEW should have um, locked up in a contract a long time ago. It's interesting to me, Ben, that at this point in our lives, the 2006 guys are coming back and they're the, they're the old school vets now. They're the legends now, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. man. Uh, so number 11, Peyton Royce comes out and uh, I, I, maybe just me, but she walks out like she's a stripper. It's very strange. You see this? She, the way she walked out was very strange. <laughs> okay. She does like a whole thing. Anyway, so she comes into the ring. They have a nice uh, little spot with Billy Kay where they do the iconic spot. That's fun. Legitimately, what has happened to Zack Ryder's wife? I don't know who that is. Anyway, <laughs> number, tw- <laughs> number 12. Do you know who this was? No, I don't know who this was. I, I'd never seen her before. They they said she was from NXT, but I think it was more of a like performance center than NXT. Yeah, trainee developmental. Yeah, sort. she she's the she's the token gymnast of the Rumble. She got a pretty good showing, considering I had no idea who she was. Yeah. She ducked a couple of Charlotte punches and stuff and survived a little while. Yeah, Santana Garrett, by the way, we're talking about number thirteen, Liv Morgan. So now we have a proper uh, Riot Squad versus Billy Kay, and I was, I guess, this is leaning into what you said about storylines. I was a bit disappointed they didn't do more of like Iconics versus uh, the Riot Squad. Yeah, they could have done some fun stuff there, I suppose. But anyway, so we get our first eliminations now. Billy turns on Hall, and then Liv and Ruby Riot eliminate Billy Kay, which. You said the story's dead in the water, but maybe it's going to continue. I just feel like so many people on both Raw and SmackDown are treading water right now, waiting for the Royal Rumble so they can start feuds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the the Riot Squad, Billy Kay thing, was just sort of just to tide them over because they ended they pretty much ended the storyline, um, and I guess they didn't really know what to do with the Rumble, so they just protect. And I saw this a couple of times. This is a, another reason I thought the women's match was quite messy. You had Bianca Belair at one point look around, have no idea what to do, and then just viciously pounce herself on fellow face Naomi. One of the reasons that I I thought this Rumble was towards the weaker side was that there weren't outright spots and thoughts of where this person's going where that person's going so people just sort of jumped on what they had and rolled with it do you reckon it's maybe a lack of experience like most of these women have only ever been in one or two rumbles before whereas a lot of the men were nearing like five or six potentially and obviously that's not a gender thing that's the fact that the men have a lot more experience in the rumbles yeah uh Simple as that. I, also, it but it might well be. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know who booked these shows, but it might. It might well be a different booker. Sure, could be. I, I, I would find it. I mean, I might be proved wrong, but I'd, I'd find it interesting if one booker was doing two Royal Rumbles. So this, it might just be a, a case of uh, two different sets of producers. Possibly down to that. I imagine more than more than one producer is doing a Rumble as well. I imagine there's a few guys. Yeah. Booking one Rumble. Anyway, so then we get Rhea Ripley comes out. And here we go. Now we've got a Royal Rumble. She eliminates Tony Storm. Baszler eliminates Victoria. Then Rhea Ripley turns around and gets um, Tanner Garrett. 
Uh, Rhea Ripley looked absolutely fantastic throughout this entire match. Yeah, she was booked very They really, strong. really did a service. I think uh, by the end she had six, maybe with Charlotte seven eliminations. I know we, I know we've gone through this already, but I was legitimately surprised about how they were treating Shayna Baszler, considering how they've presented her on TV for the last six, seven months. This is how they should be portraying her. But it, it almost came out of nowhere. So after Rhea Ripley, Charlotte comes out, and then they go straight for each other. This was a fun little spot, a throwback to their their feud this time last year. I got a bit distracted by Lawler carrying on with his vaguely sexist remarks about how we can enjoy the Women's Royal Rumble more by pretending that they're all fighting over over you, a yeah, man. yeah, 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 yeah. He also said he felt really sorry for Ric Flair, so he didn't even watch this show, in which you know Lacey Evans and Flair are in a in a backstage area and. Rick watches Lacey beat the shit out of his daughter. I I have loved Lawler because he's a nostalgia act for me, but I mean, I don't think he's got a place on this product anymore. No, he's a bit of a relic really. now. He's detracting a lot from the product itself. Okay, so we're at number 16 still. Jesus. Yeah, Dan- Dana Brooke comes out, then Tori Wilson comes out and gets a bit of a pop. Uh, Lawler talks about puppies. Then we got Lacey Evans. Well, Lacey Evans comes out to Ric Flair's music. Well, Ric Flair comes out first. Wait, I yeah. thought Ric Flair was joining the... Ro- I thought it was Santina Morella all over again. Well, so did the commentary team. I, I completely don't understand this story either. Why why he hates Charlotte so much. We, honestly, dude, with Ric Flair, uh, as I said, Santina Morella last year, um, R-Truth coming out with the 24-7 stuff... I really wish they would just let the women's Royal Rumble be about the women. Okay, so yes, yeah, so this is the, the the major downfall of this Rumble, I think. So when Alesha Fox comes out at number 21, uh, R-Truth follows behind, and then the job squad follow behind trying to get the belt. And then she wins the belt off him in the middle of the Rumble. And I feel like if they really had to put the 24-7 championship in the Rumble, they could have done something much more interesting with it. Like, just have Archery fuck off. and uh, Or just put it in the men's. Well, first off, it just need, doesn't even need to be anywhere near the Rumble. But that's the point to me, right? With it, when they had this Santino Morella bullshit last year where he dressed up as a woman, and then this year they've got R-Truth turning up and thinking he's in the wrong Royal Rumble, it just kind of feels like um, we can pull this comedy crap in the women's Rumble, but we wouldn't dare do it in the men's. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that feeling. I if it's if we're doing a women's Royal Rumble, we need to focus purely on the women performing. I don't want to see our truth and a load of jobbers. You got Bailey, Bianca Belair, Charlotte, and Rhea Ripley standing around waiting for our truth to finish his bullshit. This was a major downfall of this Rumble, and it's probably, I think this is the the main reason why the men's rumble was better. If this hadn't been here, I think the women's rumble would have would have been the rumble of the night. Well, my my but, main uh, problem with the with the women's royal rumble in the first place was that I felt like people were being lost in the shuffle and they weren't getting individual moments. And yet, you gave two or three minutes to r Truth and Alicia Fox fighting with Tazawa. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's a shame. Uh, Nikki Cross gets a nice spotlight. She comes out, lays Nikki- out the whole. Nikki Cross seems to have got a new entrance music and lost her personality at the same time. Mm. 
She seems like she's drifting a little bit at the moment. Well, I haven't seen her on... I mean, I know I only watch in highlights, but I haven't seen her around in a long time. Only t- only time I've seen her in two months is backstage having a chat with Tori Wilson at the Legends Night. That's that's the start of the sending back to NXT. Just like Ember yeah. Moon, just like... I assume somebody got bored of her because I thought she was doing great work and I was expecting a blow-off feud with Alexa Bliss, but it just disappeared well, into Alexa thin air. Bliss is all tied up now with the Fiend stuff. So unless she starts, I mean, they're only going to use her in the tag team division because that just seems to be the go-to for women that don't have enough star power to pull off any other story. Mm. This this is the point in the rumble where I lost interest a bit and it, it got really messy for me. Is it Carmella next or have I skipped like 10? Yeah, we skipped a few, but that's fine. Carmella at number 24. <laughs> yeah, so Carmella comes out. Uh, there's no explanation as to why she gets a rumble shot after her championship loss. Yeah, I thought that, because what if she had won the championship? Yeah, so she must have obviously taken somebody's place, if we're talking kayfabe, but they didn't mention it or talk about it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you would assume somebody, a heel like Carmella, would be cocky enough to assume that she's winning, so she wouldn't need a rumble spot as well. So does that mean Sasha would have had the spot had she lost? Oh, maybe, but uh, like again, the, the typical WWE one sentence would have sufficed. Yeah, just Shoot. just a sentence. Yep. But this is where it gets messy for me. So Carmella does that. Then you have big girls Rhea Ripley and Tamina face down, which is whatever. You know, if you want to bring Tamina out for a once a year with another big girl, whatever. But then they they don't even finish the exchange. They stare down, start to beat each other up, camera cuts away, and we never see any of that again. Then Naomi does the, another stupid feet touch spot where she falls out of the ring on her back but has her feet in the air. Yeah, this is then, a bit ridiculous now. Like, I understand the rules you got by your two feet on the floor, but if your entire body but your feet are on the floor, like, we've got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, I, I think this stuff's really done. Uh, Kofi Kingston and... Naomi and probably somebody else I'm forgetting have been doing John this Morrison. stuff. Jeff Jeff Hardy, John Morrison, they've been doing this stuff now for 15 years. Uh, the, it's quite clear they've run out of ideas, and that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not I'm not over. It, I don't think that you're boring anymore because you you can't think of anything new. Just let's get rid of this spot monkey thing in the rumble every year. It's getting spot. really boring. Yeah. I mean, if you don't land on the wall or a chair or whatever, then I I think it doesn't count. Because if your entire yeah. rest of your body is on the floor, it, it, that can't count. It really can't. Yeah. yeah. And and then Bianca Belair helps Naomi to get back Well, up. she does. Well, I, I suppose they do. But she doesn't at first. Naomi's trying to pull her out with her by, via her hair. And then it gets to the point that they're both stuck, so they have to use each other to get back in. None of it made any sense. It was lame. Sure. Um, 26, Lana comes out. She actually gets more of a showing than you thought she would. Yeah. And then uh, 27, we get Alexa Bliss, who gets way less of a showing than we thought she would. This was weird to me. Uh, we've mentioned it briefly just before. I'm really glad that Rhea Ripley was the one that uh, threw her out because everybody, especially if you're watching the product at the moment, came in expecting Alexa Bliss to do her weird fiend thing and and win it almost in a dominating fashion yeah well she she starts to she starts to hulk up or fiend up if you like and the arena starts to black out like like the fiends about to come and rhea ripley's just like nah fuck that dunks her over yeah 
I, I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of got a kick out of it. But it does make me wonder when I sit there and watch Raw every Monday. And you're feeding me a particular individual on the main event four or five weeks who is beating Asuka two weeks in a row, basically. And then have her in the match for two minutes? Yeah, I really thought she was going to win. So or did I. Not, I'm like... glad that she didn't. I'm actually glad that she didn't. But I'm just saying... With the with what we've seen of Asuka this pay per view anyway, you're having Alexa Bliss beat up Asuka twice in two weeks and make her look weak, and then you're having an NXT eliminate As- uh, Alexa uh, Bliss I th- in, I think that's in a unfair. couple minutes. Like I know Rhea Ripley's on NXT, but like I'm just everyone... th- what I'm saying is I'm thinking from a casual. I'm I personally believe that Rhea Ripley well deserves a spot. I'm thinking from a casual perspective of. Alexa Bliss on Raw showing Asuka that Asuka is not a worthy champion and then if I'm a casual a woman that I haven't seen since she lost to Charlotte Flair over a year ago yeah throwing out Alexa Bliss do you think Alexa Bliss is going to fall into the same trap the Fiend has where he just doesn't really fit into all the regular programming and they don't know how to book him properly do you think she's going to have the same problem I think Bliss is pretty good at pulling off the three faces of Foley thing, but the reason that they didn't do it live is because they go to a camera break and then she comes out with different makeup. Yeah. If if they're gonna if they're gonna have to work her around this sort of stuff, I think she's got more of an opportunity to do it than Bray because she still has that normal persona, which is an actual wrestler as well. Uh, but they need to find a way around her transforming um, if they want to do the Foley thing. So your final four are Bianca Belair, Natalia, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte. Yeah, and like for a minute there, I got worked, brother. For a minute there, I really thought Charlotte was going to win. I think I was, everybody got worked, brother. And I was so angry, but like in a proper, in a proper, in a proper angry way. You know, like I wasn't down on the match. I was just like just pissed off because of Charlotte. I think they worked us very well this paper. They did. Because they did. they did the same thing with Charlotte as they later did with Randy Orton and and Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole show, I think everybody that's a, a a little bit more of a smart mark was legitimately suffering from anxiety issues. Yeah, no they at several points in the show. They worked it really well and it actually made for a really nice ending of the match because uh, I was so popping for the faces to win, which doesn't make any sense because Charlotte's meant to be a face right now anyway. Oh, I definitely I definitely popped when Belair and Rhea uh, threw her over and I realised that the last two was Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. That made me feel like, whether my emotions have been played or not, it made me feel like WWE was actually listening for once. But And just the whole story was worth it. And it, also, they had a really nice, smooth interaction in, uh, in, as the final two. I really, really loved um, that the last five minutes of just the two of them together. Even when Rhea Ripley, they're both like on the apron, and Rhea Ripley's like, "Hey, this is an opportunity. Let's be sensible. Let's both get back in the ring and get this properly done." It it was just a, I mean, oh yeah, when they both they both skin the cat at the same time and yeah, then yeah, they have yeah. a ceasefire. Yeah, it felt really weird that whoever booked the last five minutes of this match had also booked the rest of it because this five minutes was almost like a different Royal Rumble match to me this was really really good stuff 
Um, so it begs the question, really, why Rhea Ripley isn't on the main roster? Because they obviously, they obviously have the confidence in her. Yeah, I assume she's coming up sharpish. Um, like she, she might even come up tonight, dude. Um, so. I think she's more than ready. She's just been wait, sort of treading water in NXT now for a good six months. So Belair obviously wins the match, and then she has a real passionate, like a real moment uh, speech at the end. Uh, she bursts out crying, says she's doing it for her family. A really nice baby face moment that I think was just legit, you know? It was very effective, and it's the first time in quite a few years that I've seen somebody at point at the sign. I really felt like not only did she deserve it, but it was a really nice moment, and it was relatively emotional. Because usually they, you point at the sign, you get memes about it, because they, they point at the WrestleMania sign, whereas this actually felt real. Yeah. Good stuff. Do you think Bailey's going to re-pick up the championship and then it'll be Belair versus Bailey at Mania? I don't really know where we're going with this because that seems the logical outcome. But then if Bailey picks up the championship from Banks, then surely they would just lead to a rematch. I can't really see them even doing a triple threat with the history that Banks and Bailey have, particularly. Like, I, I don't really see them throwing in a third person there. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel I, like Belair, Sasha, Bailey would be a fun match, though. I would definitely prefer that to a match with Bliss. I, I, I don't really want to see Bianca Belair lose this opportunity. I feel like it's either got to be Alexa Viss versus Bray or um, a mixed gender match, like Bliss and Bray versus someone. Did you just say Alexa Bliss versus Bray? Yeah. That would be weird. Surely that's where we're going to end up with this. Or they're going to become a tag team. I assume they're going to become a tag team. I read that Vince McMahon now considers the Fiend as a, as a full, full-blooded full baby face. Uh, that's only because we like the gimmick, but we like to... Oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, no, there's no It's point. like they don't even <laughs> know how wrestling works. <laughs> there's no point explaining it to them. Man. Anyway. Yeah, a- anyway. Next up, we've got Miz and Morrison in a really weird skit backstage with Bad Bunny. They offer him a partnership. He turns it down. Booker T sneaks up behind them. They run away. This plays into the Rumble later on. But it doesn't at the same time. I mean, I, I know Bad Bunny turned up and did something or other, but I really I was really expecting a Royal Rumble entrant from G.I. Bro tonight. Yeah, that would have made sense, what wouldn't was, it? I mean, I didn't really understand why he was running around in his gear and like privately going into Bad Bunny's locker room, but he didn't just turn up. Yeah. You could have given him instead of Hurricane Helms, probably. Right, then after that, we've got the radio DJ on the kickoff panel winning the 24-7 championship. Pete Rosenberg is the WWE 24-7 champion. Uh, I mean, as much as I don't give a shit, at the same time, it must it must feel pretty cool to be Pete Rosenberg and actually get involved with the product and then win one of their stupid belts. So I heard a rumour, it's probably not true, that he actually paid the company off to be able to... <laughs> <laughs> I can see it, man. He's such a greaseball. Um, yeah, I can, I can see Vince McMahon as like completely seeing him as I can't remember the other guy's name. There's a another commentator with a big beard and he's losing his hair. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's on the kickoff panel as well. I I guarantee Vince McMahon just looks them up and down, thinks they're both complete fucking marks. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would. It wouldn't put. It wouldn't put it past me if Pete Rosenberg gave Vince a couple of grand for that. Uh, <laughs> and we come back to the commentary table, and Corey Graves gets a nice little side swipe at David Arquette. Uh, yeah, I I caught that. 
That was cool. Then then we go on to Roman versus Kevin Owens in a last man standing match. And th- I was getting pretty fatigued at this point. But this was a great match. Oh no, what those no, so that my point was I was getting pretty fatigued at this point. I thought I'll just put this one on and then have a break before the men's rumble and they drew me in. I think this was perfectly placed. So you got a lot of wrestling and then we got a lot of wrestling and then let's just have a wild brawl in the middle. And a proper wild brawl as well. This was absolutely crazy and I was I was I was ready to be disappointed because the first five minutes they just do you know the the silly brawling thing around ringside and they go up in the LED panels and like oh okay they're gonna do some jump off thing and they did the stuff that we'd seen in on SmackDown already for yeah. ages I I was pretty pissed off at this point because they sold the the big Kevin Owens thrown off the LED screen stuff like we hadn't literally seen that exact spot through exactly ago. but then he decides to i don't know whether at this point he's running away it's a bit of an awkward moment where he he goes to the backstage and the commentary team is saying oh he's running away no he can't beat roman so we go to this backstage area that's like a training area there's a ring in there and i was like oh okay they're gonna tropicana field is massive isn't it it's a big baseball stadium isn't it yeah, yeah. i mean i think it was today was the first time i truly appreciated the scope of it and uh, yeah, so there was like a whole other arena around the back. And I was like, oh, this is fun. So they're going to go to like a private ring. They didn't even get to the ring. Um, Kevin Owens gets run over by a golf cart. Like proper boom proper run, run over, over. Like, through the windshield. And I've heard a lot of people online like talk about the Sammy Guevara sport. I'm not even going to compare the two because what's the point? But this one was fantastic because Kevin Owens kind of jumps up and just goes through the windscreen. Like a fantastic yeah, moment. Like, I mean, it was, and it came out on nowhere. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the because... point. That's the point I wanted to make. With the Guevara one, it was fun because you could see him getting chased. You could see the cart chasing him. Whereas in this one, Kevin Owens just stood there and next minute, bam. I thought it was a bit weird that Kevin Owens had just been left alone for two or three minutes. But then at the same time, I thought, hey, that's kind of cool. I guess Roman's setting up something i didn't realize roman set was setting up a fucking hit and run <laughs> <laughs> oh he just goes through the window and then i don't know if you notice but the window smacks roman in the face which must have sucked oh i missed that Wait, no um, it bounces off his face onto the floor no i missed that i missed that completely i i don't have any time for these bullshit comparisons between what AEW did first and what wwe did first it's wrestling people have been doing the same things over and over for 30 to 40 yeah, years say, we if, enjoy if you, that stuff if you really want to be like get bone idol raven about big it, show and Kane. yeah yeah they, yeah they stole the they stole it from raven to begin with um, so whatever and also to those people that are bitching about the sammy Guevara shit uh kevin um kenny omega said on twitter yes guys i've seen it uh, all I've got to say about it is that it was incredibly well done. Yeah, no, th- so, that, that's the point I was making. Like, I, I, I don't want to compare the two. It was just a really great spot. And it fit. Yeah. Like you said, um, Roman was away for a minute and then, bam, he's suddenly back on screen violently. From a, from a, a, a standard wrestling match to a hardcore last man standing match, these guys have so much chemistry. I don't remember the last time that I was this invested in Kevin Owens as a character. This was fun, and this made Kevin Owens look like he was so determined to kill Roman. Like it was- Dude, this was the only match in the entire show, and probably the only match in the last couple of pay-per-views that I've watched, in which they actually got me 
and I genuinely believed that Kevin Owens was about to become the Universal Champion when uh, Roman gets handcuffed. I actually thought that through that, Kevin Owens would be champion at least until Elimination Okay, yeah, so let's skip to the end, because the ending... Well, also, that uh, I just wanted to mention that dope swanton off the top of a forklift yeah the swanton he did was amazing so that the ending is that uh roman actually brings the handcuffs into play tries to get ko he fights him off and then he handcuffs him to the underneath of some light rigging and roman physically just can't stand up and the referee's counting and then referee gets to nine so roman grabs the ref and then bounces him off the rigging so the referee's dead now um so did K- did you see that coming? No, not at all. Yeah, like that's what I thought. Like that was just, we have watched both watched a hell of a lot of wrestling, right? Most spots we can tell what's coming and why, or you know, that actually got me. I I couldn't I didn't put it together. I didn't see Rome. I guess I didn't put the Roman with within the periphery of the ref actually grabbing him and yeah and throwing him. It's a, I didn't see it's it. A, it's a nice difference to something we've never seen in a Last Man Standing match before. And I always yeah. love when they do something different with these matches, like uh, the I Quit match that we absolutely loved of AEW a couple of months back. But the same with this. They did something so different and freshed up the gimmick. It was fantastic. However, the very ending was really weird. So uh, Paul Heyman comes out to try and get uh, Roman out of the handcuffs. And so I've heard that they used actual real handcuffs instead of fake ones, which is why Heyman's, it felt like forever to be able to get Roman out of them. He was definitely struggling. And I did see like after two or three minutes it looks like he was past a key or something. Right. Because he was fiddling with them for ages and then they cut to Rome and then they cut back and uh, Paul's got a key in his hand and he finally... Uh, sorry, cut to Owens and cut back. And he, he finally undid them from having so, a key. So I assume somebody passed him a key. So a second referee runs in and he gets to a count of five and then just stops counting when he realises, oh, Paul Heyman's not going to be able to get the handcuffs undone. I saw this on the internet. Um... And I actually missed it. I guess I was quite it's still invested in this match, so I, I missed the guy just stop counting. Yeah, so a second referee comes in, counts to five, stops. Uh, in kayfabe, um, Kevin Owens is back on his feet by now and would surely be attacking one or both of them, but doesn't do anything. Roman eventually gets out, jumps up, finds Kevin Owens that's just still kind of leaning up against a table and puts him in a chokehold, and then that's it. It's a, it's, it's a shame because the match was fantastic all the way through. It was just such an underwhelming ending. Um, just quickly, uh, when the referee stops counting to five, one thing I did notice, I assume it's the, the same point, is when Roman gets to one foot, despite the fact that the whole point was that he couldn't get to one foot. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really difficult position for Roman to be in, and I think he did his best. Um, because obviously he's seeing that the ref has stopped counting and that the people watching have realized that he stopped counting. So he tries to put his foot up to show that he's, uh, but also at the same time that ruins the gimmick. So like, you know, I think, I think Roman tried his best to say that. that Yeah, no, it's it's not their fault. It's a shame that it, it, it went down like that. But do you think they rushed to a finish in a panic or do you think that finish was the plan that Roman would just get a chokehold on and that would be it. 
I quite see, I quite enjoyed, I seem to definitely be in the minority, and I completely accept that for this one. I quite enjoyed the finish. Because it was so simple and so brutal, uh, after everything they'd done to each other, he just chokes the guy out. No, I'm not against, I'm not against the choking out for a finish, it's how he got to it. Like, yeah, it was definitely flat. He, he, they got out of the handcuffs, and Ken Owens was just stood there and and just took the chokehold. Didn't struggle yeah, out it was, of it. Didn't it was, put up a fight or it, anything. It was quite flat. It was flat in the exact same way that Carmella versus Banks was flat earlier in the. No, I no, no. But sure this, this even... legit logistically, it made no sense because Kevin Owens was just stood there watching them for what felt like ten minutes. Probably wasn't that long. Does Roman Roman like offer any sort of? I think uh, Roman Roman throws one punch onto to KO, which kind of throws him off camera. So Paul Heyman then runs in, and that's our focus. And then that's the last we see of Kevin Owens until the chokehold. I reckon that, uh, from what you've told me, that the chokehold was a fast finish because they they were running out of time and they spent too much time trying to unlock the fucking handcuffs. Yeah, I think it was a panicked finish. It was probably supposed to be like a spear and then a guillotine or something like I that. I think so too. Which is a shame, but, but otherwise the match was still fantastic. Still good match. I enjoyed that. I think that was my favourite match on the card. Same, same. And uh, had it not been for the finish, I think that could have easily been maybe Lily a five-star match. Definitely a, yeah, definitely a mean, five-star last man standing match because of recent years, last man standing matches have been really boring. Well, that's another point that I wanted to make. They made it interesting again. Compare this last man standing match to the one that we got with Randy Orton and Edge last year. Oh, God. Oh god! Yeah. They use the they actually use the environment well, and a lot of last man standing matches are so formulaic. Uh, whereas this one was actually legitimately exciting, and uh, like that's that's a credit to both guys. Okay, so then our main is the men's Royal Rumble. Um, I'm not going to go play by play; it will take far too long. We're already at an hour of the podcast, so uh, one and two we start with Edge and Orton. Apparently, this had already been announced. Uh, I don't think Orton was announced. I don't remember Orton being announced. Okay. I do. Edge announced his entry into the Royal Rumble, but again, I don't really remember his number being announced either. I, th- I think maybe on Twitter or something. Then, like the day before, Edge had been why? announced. Yeah, exactly. Why? why? Makes no sense. Uh, number three, Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn joins teams with Orton apparently to uh, beat up Edge. Then Mustafa Ali comes out, and he also joins them. Um. I quite enjoyed this opening storyline of Edge, Orton, the thing that we've been wanting to see for like six, seven months. Um, the the slimy heels coming out and joining Orton, but Orton is fixated on Edge. I like I like that whole dynamic. I thought it was a good way to start the Rumble and a good way to differentiate this Rumble from the last one. Now I spoil everything for myself because uh, you. Oh, did you see? Did you see a spoiler? No, no I saw no spoilers. I didn't know anything. But when I saw three people beating down Edge, I was like, okay, the next entrant is going to be Christian. You genuinely, you're like, do you genuinely called Christian? I generally thought Christian's going to come out right now and the two of them are going to lay waste to everyone. But no, it was Jeff Hardy. You, but then... Bro you, only, bro, you only got that because you daydream about Christian. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't see anyone else getting that apart from you. Just because you, you always assume that Christian's going to turn up regardless. Well, yeah, I, I just think. always... I just every rumble, I'm like, <laughs> this is the year Christian is allowed to come back. 
I can attest to that, ladies and gentlemen. He has talked about Christian being back at the Royal Rumble every single Royal Rumble I've ever watched with him. But um, but but don't you think it was a more logical moment for Christian to come in while Edge is in a three-on-one beatdown rather than number 22 or whatever? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I didn't really understand Christian's placement in this Royal Rumble, to be honest. It was nice to see him and... Um, when Christian did turn up, I was really genuinely surprised. Because I don't know whether you remember, uh, during the Edge feud, Orton beat him up in about two minutes in civilian clothes. And I thought yeah. the way that they handled that match when Christian just got beat up in a matter of minutes, I thought Christian was either injured permanently yeah, he, or he just couldn't go no, anymore. that's because he had the uh, same deal Daniel Bryan had. He just wasn't allowed to compete. Oh, I did. Yeah. So I don't so, even know why he was allowed to compete in this rumble. I guess he's had some shady doctor okay him. He impressed me a lot in this rumble. I just didn't understand why he lasted so long and why he was the final four. I uh, I think just to prop up Edge, because this is my problem with this rumble. You were saying the same thing about uh, Bianca, is that uh, Edge has the, all this story at the beginning, and then he's kind yeah. of just laying there until the ending. He, he, yeah, that's what Bianca did. He, he sits up and does he does like one spear, and then that's it. And you can even see like when we're forty five minutes in that he's shattered. He can barely barely go. Uh. The um, I my heart got broken twice in this Royal Rumble. The first was when I realised that Smojo was on commentary. <laughs> Yeah, because no, because for the women's Royal Rumble, he got replaced by Jerry Lawler, and I got really excited. I'm like, oh, Jerry. He still could have been in the Rumble. They they still could have done it where he like stands up, rips off the suit. He's like, I'm in the Rumble, bitches. I was already too disappointed by that point, but I was I was I was like proper marking out when Jerry Lawler replaced him. I was like, yeah, Joe's like going through the match with the guys. Like he's gonna be sick. (laughs) 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 Then just didn't happen. I was so I was so disappointed. The second time that my heart broke was when uh, Randy Orton sustained an injury, went backstage because I thought, right, the, the most obvious swerve in history, Randy Orton is coming back and winning the I Royal think Rumble. we all got swerved. We all saw that coming. Yeah. Like, of course he was going to come back into the Rumble. i got to say, Ben, this whole pay-per-view, I'm very pleased with all outcomes overall. Like, some of them could have been better, but all of them could have been a lot worse. Oh, the, yes, it could have been a lot, a lot worse. Ziggler turns out, Nakamura, Carlito. Shinsuke was a weird one, because he's been having such a, a rise. He got a moment with Carlito of the Apple, but then nothing else. Nakamura was really... Um, they get they get guys that they've been ignoring for like a year, give them a good showing for a couple of weeks, yeah, it's the and then just... three-week push. But then they just drop them for no reason. And it's not to, it's not even, I don't even feel like it's to build up viable competitors in the Royal Rumble. It's just somebody getting bored of them already, again. And that that's what happened with Nakamura. They couldn't even last his sustained push until Royal Rumble, the actual match that they, they were trying to build him up for. Yeah. Yeah. So, number eight, Carlito. This was a nice little fun uh, legend return. And, he um, looked great, man. He, I really hope he gets the MVP p- treatment. He is jacked, and apparently they want him as a producer, which is what happened with MVP. He came in as a producer and then just stayed That'd on, on cool. screen. So it could happen. I feel like these 2006 guys have got a lot to offer because they're still in good shape uh, and also 
they've gone around the indies so much that they're hardcore veterans at this point. I think MVP is showing that he's even better than he used to be, and I think Carlito could probably help that do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon Carlito only got on this because of the controversy around Legends Night? Yeah, because they did it with somebody else as well. I can't remember. Uh, Tory Wilson. They seem to have phoned up the Legends people again. The number nine and number ten, Xavier Woods and Big E. Uh, Big E looked amazing in this rumble. There, there was a couple of uh, like strongman moments, but then he gets pulled out by um, Omas, which was really yeah. weird. Like the whole the whole Omas pulling people from over the top of the rope. Uh, he does it to Big E, and then he did it to someone else, uh, to Ray Mysterio. A lot of questionable moments in this Royal Rumble. I know I'm jumping ahead, but we're all over the place anyway. Um, Big E was the only person in the entire match to take Miz's finisher, and I was just scratching my head. Like everyone in the, you had King Corbin in the ring, and you chose Big E to take the Miz's finisher. Yeah, and then again they did it again. Right, they had Otis come out, and Damian Priest took the Caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah. That is a bit weird. How does that? What? what how does that make any sense? Again, you had Dolph Ziggler in the ring. If they wanted, honestly, to take the I didn't. I didn't even notice who took the caterpillar. Yeah, Damian Priest. Bro. I didn't, like, didn't realize. How does that? Why would you do that? Surely Otis isn't going into business for himself and picking. Oh, I'm going to do Damian Priest oh, for the caterpillar. No, he's not. Yeah. So why would they? Do, why? And would, that why is would strange. They do stuff like Damian Priest. Damian Priest feels like he's about to be called up to the main roster out of this performance. He was. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Am I right in saying he's the only NXT guy in the Rumble? Um, I think he was. Yes, I think. Yeah, so. Yeah, he was, and um, he looked amazing. And he, then he eliminated Kane. So and uh, again, Kane was another great choice. And I saw people whinging on the internet. No, Kane was a Kane, nice return. Kane eliminating uh, Ricochet and Dolph Ziggler. Come on. Nah, fuck it. It's fine. He looked good. You know Kane only turned uh, up, though, because Dolph Ziggler is close to uh, catching up with his records. No, I, I, Dolph Ziggler, man. Do, uh, so Dolph Ziggler would have tied the um, amount of appearances, but then obviously Kane turned up as well, so he's still one ahead. I got so mad at Dolph Ziggler the other day uh, on SmackDown when he said, hey, Daniel Bryan, it's not 2014 anymore. Daniel Bryan came into WWE in 2010. Dolph Ziggler came into WWE in 2008. What has he done? Not a lot, really. Well, I mean, so Big E comes in, John Morrison comes in, Ricochet, Elias, Elias Damian Priest. Damian Priest. Uh, then the Miz. The Miz wrecks the Bad Bunny DJ booth. Then Mad Bunny gets mad. Bad Bunny gets mad. Comes out. Uh, him and Morrison like going crazy at him, and then uh, Priest sneakily dunks all of them over, and then Bad Bunny climbs up the and does a crossbody from the top rope onto the Miz. I thought that was a pretty decent crossbody for a celebrity. It, it, I suppose if you have to have a celebrity, it was a decent celebrity moment. Sure. Well, I think that's the most high profile that guy they've got in quite a long time. And um, and line of the night goes to Michael Cole. He says, I've heard of flying squirrels, but not flying bunnies. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. (laughs) And Vince Uh, wasn't even in his ear. That's how bad that is. Of whether Vince McMahon will look back at this show and think, God damn, I actually do make a difference. Because there was quite a few times on this pay-per-view where I was expecting Michael Cole to go mad. And he didn't really say anything. Like, specifically the moment that's... 
um, in my head is when Kevin Owens gets run over by the golf cart. Nobody was shouting. Yeah, it was all pretty subdued. Yeah, imagine maybe that. Imagine if you had Joey Styles or even Shivani calling that moment. Yeah, it, wait, are they are they just not talented and therefore Vince McMahon feels like he actually needs to scream at them, or are they so poorly abused that they're expecting the man to scream at them so they don't know what to say when he does it? Michael Cole has is brainwashed now. He's abused and brainwashed and has <laughs> has um, Sweden syndrome, whatever it's called. This man was a war correspondent. I know, right? I mean... It, Stockholm do, syndrome. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Do you know how many times he um, reminded uh, all the other guys on commentary on this show that he is a legitimate journalist? <laughs> he's, he said it like six times. It got to the point I was like, are you having a midlife crisis, my friend? Big car, small dick. It's, the, it's that sort of thing, I think. But um, yeah. but Michael Cole's been ruined, I think. Whether it's his fault or Vince's or whoever's, I I think a new commentary team will have to come in once Vince gives over the reins. This, this, and for all I've criticised Michael Cole for tonight, uh, watching the, the Women's Royal Rumble versus the Men's Royal Rumble, it's so clear that Corey Graves and Michael Cole are leagues above Todd Phillips and Byron Saxton. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I do love Joe on commentary too. Joe's a bit of so- soft spot, sore spot for me tonight. I think, I, um, I, th- I think that's just his career now. I think he's going to be on commentary for. I want to see one more run. I want to see one more. Well, he run. needs a retirement it, match at least. He needs a come on. He needs a he needs a one one world belt. I've, Just for a month. And I feel like Joe and AJ should retire each other at WrestleMania. They need to have a proper... They've had one WWE pay-per-view match. They need a proper match before both of them get too old. I would love to see Daniel Bryan, AJ, Joe, triple threat. And they're allowed to just go for it. That, uh, man, that'd be a great match. I mean, in Unstoppable... Was it Unstoppable? I can't remember. Unbreakable 2005, the odd one out to an extent is Daniel. Uh, yeah, but he's not so even another one re- out. He's great in that match too. Yeah, no, I know, but he's the I mean they're all cr- incredibly talented in that match, but Daniel's is lesser than AJ and Joe. Sure. Not that that says anything about Daniel's. So he's the best person to interplace with another Daniel. Yeah. I could what a dream of a triple threat. Absolute dream. Hey, we're getting distracted. Yeah. Well, here we go. <laughs> We've both been watching old school TNA <laughs> too much this week. 16 and 17 Matt Riddle Daniel Bryan, they have a really nice catch wrestling moment. Matt Riddle's a tale of two people in this match. He was when he came in, uh I was actually in shock about how little I gave a fuck because this time last year Matt Riddle uh, I think the the whole the whole of the fan base was talking about how excited they were to see Matt Riddle on the main roster. When he came out, he just felt like another guy. Yeah. And then later in this match, good old Daniel Bryan actually brought something out of Riddle and made him look interesting well, for the first time in Daniel ages. Daniel Bryan was really the star of this match. There's a moment, and I think it might be Edge's fault, there is a moment when the match completely ceases any momentum. Everyone is just sat in a corner. And Daniel Bryan does like a drop kick, and then he's kind of sat in the ring, and it feels like he takes note of the match has fallen apart. He looks around and just decides, I'm going to... I'm going to do it. I'm just going to fuck everyone yeah, he, up. Yeah, so he dude, just starts he picking people up. Yeah. yeah. He picks people up. He does whatever he wants to them. Then he starts uh, catch wrestling, 
Riddle in the middle of the ring. He, he actually gives Ricochet offense. He tries to make Ricochet look good. Um, he does the same with, I want to say, Dolph was it, or someone. It was someone. It yeah. Was someone later so, on. So this moment's happening, and I'm and I'm thinking there, and I'm saying, oh, everyone thought uh, Daniel Bryan's going to win the Rumble, but he's making others look good. This is this is what you do when you know you're you're going to lose and you you're going out on your retirement. You go out on your on your back, right? It's 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 a shame, but it's also nice to know he's the kind of guy that's going to put Ricochet over uh, on his way over the top of the ropes. I think Brian's been underutilized as a main event talent for about three or four years now. Well, ever since ever since Punk decided to walk out of the company because of it. There was a well, there was a brief moment where he had that. Um, I remember the whole world being interested in it. He had uh, Roman, I think Roman won the Royal Rumble and then at Fastlane they had a match to decide who was going on to the championship. And that was the key turning moment, I think, when they went with Roman again. That's 2013, isn't it? I think it's later, later. Oh. They, it was like a 16, something like that, or 15. We're going to skip through because we've already talked about Kane, Corbin, Otis... Uh, so number 22, Bobby Lashley. My boy Baron Corbin didn't have a great show. He didn't really do anything, did he? Bobby Lashley right. comes out, and Bobby Lashley and Big E had a fantastic square up. Like just Bobby Lashley big, looked on. Beefy men running into each other. It's like, why? Like, this is a nice Royal Rumble moment, but why can't we just have this all the time? Why can't Big E and Bobby Lashley have a series of matches where they just do this? I think like that every single time I watch a WWE pay-per-view because I, I see the same company with the same talent invest me in whatever they're showcasing to me that night. And I don't understand how we can't get that same sentimentality weekly for Raw and SmackDown. I, I really don't understand how they can every single month, even if it's like some bullshit pay-per-view like Payback, you're guaranteed that you're going to get a good night. Like, say whatever you want about WWE, but their pay-per-views have been pretty stellar for the last year or two. And I don't understand why that can't be transferred to a weekly wrestling show. Just moments. Just moments of brilliance. And, uh, yeah, they just can't seem to bring it to their weeklies. But uh, Bobby Lushley looked like a boss here. Yeah, and Big Big E did going up against them as well, like two horses. Yeah, but we already all love Big E. Lashley was in uh, my top 10 of most underrated wrestlers of the year last year. I think he's made waves. I th- I really do think MVP has helped him so much to get to a level where he's not so- sort of like a go-away heat mid-card heel yeah. these days. Uh, then AJ Styles at 25 again. We talked about uh, Omos catching AJ Pretty Styles. Pretty weak showing, I thought, from AJ. Well, his only reason to be there was to put Omos over. Omos catched him twice and then pulled several people out from over the road this guy is huge yeah he's fucking huge. i looked it up he's he is seven feet legit they teased the omus braun Strowman. yeah moment yeah oh well that was a really fun moment so i'm just looking at 26 27 and 28 and i don't remember either of any of these guys performance in the royal rumble Rey mysterio sheamus and cesaro Cesaro's been built up for weeks. I don't remember any of them really doing anything of note. I don't even remember who they were eliminated by. Did I just fall asleep or did they not so, really have much so of a show? Ray was pulled over the top rope by Omos. Cesaro was dropped kick 
uh, uh, by Braun, and then Sheamus was eliminated by Braun as well. But was was I legitimately not paying attention at this point, or did they? No, just I mean they of... they came in. Sheamus did his like uh, his big chops over the rope. Um, Cesaro did the big swing on a couple of people. Sheamus and Cesaro did like their their top guys bro tap thing at the bar. Uh, that's about it, really. That's okay. when that's why that's when when you were so down on the women's match, I was saying like. The men's match was good, but it just felt like a load of mid-carders running about. And then you had Daniel Bryan and Big E being brilliant in the middle. And that was about it. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. I'm, what I was saying was I thought that the the women's roster was stacked. The men's roster was weak. The women's booking was not good. And I guess looking at this back again, now I've got fresher eyes. The men's booking was great up until a certain point. Yeah, I think it I th- fell apart towards the end. Yeah, I think the Damien Priest stuff, um, Lashley and Big E was good. Whereas the women's, the women's fell apart for the whole way through and then came together towards the end. And so number twenty nine, I don't know why no one saw this coming. The bookies, people's predictions, I didn't see anyone really mention his name, but Seth Rollins at number twenty nine. I'm so feel- glad that he didn't come out to his babyface music and he didn't turn face because I, I. I thought Seth Rollins was my least favorite wrestler of 2019, and I thought his babyface run as world champion was awful. Like, one of the worst babyface champion runs I've ever seen. Like, to the level of Lex Luger on the Lex Express in 93. So I'm really glad that he came back as his Messiah gimmick, because it's working for him. Yeah, and he jumps in the ring, immediately eats, like, a nasty-looking uppercut from Cesaro. Like, hits on contact i thought like that was gonna knock him out anyway so number 30 we got braun and i'm just gonna skip ahead a little bit to the last four being braun rollins edge and christian what a weird final four bro it really is isn't it uh it's a shame that daniel bryan wasn't there until the end i think or Big E. Big E had such a good showing even if you take christian out of this equation i don't think anybody predicted that that final four no not at all not at all. I mean, I I really expected Bray Wyatt to return. Uh, yeah, so, so did, did I. The, so did the bookies. But um, well, I, anyway, thought yes. he, I thought he would at least re- like, even if he wasn't in the Royal Rumble, uh, when Edge He'd won. Have a presence. Well, when Edge won, I I looked, I checked the time left, and there was like two minutes, and I was like, they've got two minutes left. The Fiend has got to turn up at the Rumble. Yeah, it just has to happen, even if they're going, if they're targeting Edge or whatever. And then it didn't. It just didn't happen. I was really confused by it. Uh, Rollins eliminates Braun and Christian at the same time. Edge then goes on to eliminate Rollins, and then, as we all predicted, Orton comes in out of nowhere. Uh, I think, every, like you said, everyone got worked. We all thought Orton was going to win, but then within a split second, Edge reverses it and sends him packing over the ropes. And yep. uh, the winner is Edge, which was weird. I wasn't wasn't expecting that at all. I uh, I don't really know where to go with this. I got mixed feelings about it because Edge versus Roman Reigns is a feud and a half. Like that is lit. lit if that happens, um, I would so much rather see Edge versus Roman Reigns than Edge versus Drew McIntyre. So in that essence, to maybe get Orton away from Edge and this be the blow-off? Well, so I'm that... assuming Orton is going against Bray Wyatt at right. Mania. So this worked well to sort of get them away from each other because that was the big elephant in the room. 
yeah. and from here you can get Edge in a program with Tribal Chief, which I think I genuinely believe could be amazing. Um, at the same time, you could have worked Ed in, Edge into a main event gimmick anyway, and you could have utilized this space for a Drew McIntyre WrestleMania match. Yeah, I was with... going to say, you could have had Edge versus Roman without the Rumble yeah. win. But then, again, on the flip side, this is why it's so mixed for me. I'm looking at that roster and the entrance. I'm not really sure who you give it to, man. I think I, like, I think it was it... time to pull the trigger on Big E, honestly. But you give it to Big This is what I'm saying. You give it to Big E Drew, really? You know, like... It seems like it's yeah, really babyface, babyface heavy. You give it to Daniel Bryan again, babyface heavy. Well, honestly, at twenty nine, I thought Seth Rollins was going to win it. Seth Rollins versus Drew would have made sense, but they've already done it. They've already done it. But I really, I really thought when he came out, he was going to win it, and then then Braun at number thirty, and I thought, well, maybe Braun, but especially when Edge won, it really showed me how weak the roster is. I think it should have been AJ. You've got strong baby faces and very weak heels. AJ is probably a good shout. I think it should have been AJ. I AJ versus Drew would have been a decent WrestleMania feud. I think he's the best heel that they've got that they could have put up against. But if if WWE go with Edge versus Drew McIntyre, I give up. If that, <laughs> and you know what? Like I know, but the, the the joke is that I can legit legitimately see them doing it. They think, yeah. oh, face versus face, Edge versus Drew, Pete, that's money. Like Edge versus Roman Reigns is the biggest feud that I can think of that has happened in the last year or two. I'm a little bit disappointed that Edge won the Rumble. Um, It's really split the internet. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. I don't hate it, but it it still feels feels like it's in the wheelhouse of giving it to the the old part timers. Uh, See, I saw I saw that argument on the internet. I don't. I feel like Edge doesn't fit into that. I saw a lot of people saying, ah, you've had Goldberg in a championship match and Edge winning the Rumble. Edge is a bit of a different beast to me because Edge came back from a career-ending injury, then had a a blinder with Orton at uh, Backlash and then got injured again. I don't. I don't see him as a legend taking a spot. I see him as a babyface story coming up against opposition and winning regardless. I don't really see his age involved in this. Okay, I guess so. But my the reason I love the women's match so much was because it felt like it made a star. Yeah. But no. 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 That, that don't get me wrong. WWE's uh, placing of Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair in the final two was so refreshing to see. Um, to me. I didn't hate Edge winning. It made moderately a bit of sense. And as we've already mentioned, you actually had women in the Women's Royal Rumble that were there to grab that spot. I didn't see those sorts of people in in the Royal Rumble men's. And yeah, you, like you, we were just saying, I mean, who else was there? Either Seth Rollins or AJ, really. That's the and, only people that made sense. I mean, Big E's, Big E's a good shout. But Big E hasn't been put in a position in which he seems ready for that. That's not Big E. That's WWE. They've had six, six, seven months to get Big E ready for the Royal Rumble for him to win. But yeah. they've played around with him. So he's, I, he's Imagine not if there. they put Big E in that position. I, I reckon he could have gone and had a program with Roman. 
Yeah, but nobody would have bought it because they haven't treated Big E with enough of a um, dominating attitude for him to get to the Rumble and people genuinely believe that he has a chance against Roman. Yeah. Like, I can't think of anybody that has a chance against Roman, apart from Edge. <laughs> Edge won't win. No, well, I know. I, no, 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 win. I know. But, like, the point is trying to make us believe that there's a, there's a chance. And I cannot see Big E at this, this level... Uh, having a single shred of a chance against Roman. Really? We, sh- we should be talking about Christian making his return. Seven yeah. years. He's been out of the game for seven years. He came back and he didn't drop anyone on their, on their head. I think it's really nice that both me and you got a pop tonight. We, we got to see Kane and we got to see Christian. I, th- I, yeah. I like that. Okay, so next week on the podcast, we're going to be back on our Bocce Awards. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it's well, still we awards need- season. We need, the to, we need to get rid of that. By the way, we have already done that once. Uh, I just forgot to press record and stared at an empty screen for two for nearly two hours. So we have to redo our award ceremony. I think we should do the award ceremony in the same way that we did the, uh, our chit chat just a little bit longer. I think we should just get it out of the way and okay. also have a, have a subject. All right. Well, and then we're back on the '90s saga. I believe we're on WrestleMania six. That's our next. Guess we're watching WrestleMania six this week. Till then, keep it botched up, brother. Brother, like, share, and subscribe to keep it botched up, brother.